0: The journey this far has taught me to always say thank you. Thank you to those who leave. Thank you to those who stay. There is always a reason to be grateful as long as you can see the sunrise. Because in the end, we are always where we are supposed to be with what we are supposed to have. So, thank you again. The conceptualization of the two gardens began a few years ago when I lost a friend to pain. Reflecting on what had happened, it was clear to me that we live in two spaces, a private one and a collective one. This can be seen in the very way we conduct our lives. We have our private life and we participate in that of the community. Returning to the original commission of humanity, cultivate and protect the garden, we can see the same theory highlighting our purpose here on earth. However, after the fall and the idea of separation was established, we had to live not only in one garden, but in two. A private one and a collective one. Each of these gardens has its usefulness. In our private garden, we are supposed to be to reveal the colors of our souls to ourselves first, then use that revelation to contribute to the betterment of the collective garden. The ethic of Ubuntu also highlights this principle. I am because we are, and I always add, we are because I am. Society is made of individuals, and, and their quality dictate that of the collective or community. In the end, there is a I and the We, which depend on each other. In an ideal world, they function in harmony. But in our case, there is a disconnect, mainly because individuals cannot distinguish between the two. Since we are driven by our need, we seek their fulfillment in the wrong places. So often, that conflict emerge. Rabbi Mani's Friedman breaks it down nicely when he reconciles the idea of existence and that of life. According to him, existing is simply occupying a specific space, while living is acting within that space we occupy. On a collective level, we all occupy a space, and as we live, we interact with each other. The nature of this interaction makes the relevance of laws, customs, institutions, and all other attempts to organize society. We are already here, and our occupation of this space provides room for conflict or collaboration. This fundamental truth makes it crucial for each person to understand and own the space they occupy, then assess what contribution they will make in the collective sphere. Expressions such as, you cannot pour from an empty cup, or hurt people hurt people, are simply pointing to the need to rediscover our field of being, one being the private garden and the next being the collective garden. The empty or the full cup is in the private domain. It's what do you have in you as an individual? And the pouring is in the collective domain in telling the exchanges we are meant to make within the collective sphere. Let's look at the psychology of these two gardens for a moment. According to the Wind of Johari, there are four quadrants to our being. A quadrant for what we know and wouldn't want people to know. Another for what people know about us and we do not know. Another for what we want people to know. And the last one is what we do not know and people don't know about us. I call this last one the mystical quadrant or the unconscious pit. It is the most important because it carries what we really are as individuals and it's also our storehouse carrying all our potential, only you can truly access and reveal to people what there is in there, and you can only do that from a private space. Even with this wind of Johari, you will see it all plays within the I and the we of Ubuntu, the private and the collective. As social animals, we are bound to this game of existing and living for ourselves and others. Our identity formation or maintenance or even evolution are processes that depend on these two domains and they are dictated by these two as far as socialization is concerned. Socialization is simply the process of internalizing norms and ideologies of society. These norms and ideologies also come from individuals and they are accepted through consensus. Those that are acceptable should be capable to regulate our interactions as individuals forming a society. Again, we are occupying a common space and we must interact. How we interact is crucial to the quality of our lives as individuals and a collective. Identity becomes the result of this attempt to organize ourselves. In this sense, Identity refers to a structural, self-regulated system that processes information, manages impressions, and selects appropriate behavior. The formation of its identity is motivated by socialization and enabled by false opposites. These false opposites are agency and communion. Again, agency being a private space, while communion is the collective space. Agency is the individual function that focuses on the need for the individual in their distinction with others. It reinforces the sense of uniqueness. I am me, you are you, and that of separatedness. I am different from you as you are different from me. Communion points toward the need for and process which allows for belongingness, connectedness, and union with others. I am me and you are you, but we have some things in common. We share history, a family, language, customs, institution, and so on. So we belong together to a certain extent despite our individual differences. The rest of our living is built within this frame where I have my private or individual garden and I participate in the collective garden. Thinking of friends who decided to quit the game and even mental issues in general, Managing our interactions with ourselves and others is the main problem. I spoke to many peers who had this hatred for themselves. The truth is, they did not hate themselves as such. They hated what character they had to play in the collective garden. They had to adopt a certain persona, mainly because they could not define themselves in the private garden or whatever they defined themselves to be wasn't acceptable in the collective garden. So they hope the collective garden will tell them who they were or what they're supposed to be. But this collective garden can also be cruel because individuals are mainly motivated by self-preservation. At the same time you are hiding your insecurities from me, I am hiding my own insecurities from you. At the same time you are projecting your reality onto me, I'm projecting my reality to you. And that's just what happens in the collective garden. The lot of issues we face as individuals can be directly traced back to how much time we spend in the collective garden and how much neglected is our private gardens. With the idea of relationships at the core of this theory, the private garden is a relationship with ourselves while the collective garden relies on the relationships we form with others. Very often, we neglect this relationship with ourselves and we hope relationships with others will define us and provide for our psychological, spiritual, mystical, and whatever type of need we have. But, as American artist Lacray will say it, if you live for their approval, you will die from their rejection. Let's conclude with the problematic of these relationships. Relationships are messy because they always tell us what we ought to be. This is not a big deal when it happens in our private garden. It is a simple self-discovery exercise when it happens privately. But when it happens in the collective garden, it turns out to be more of an imposition because the attitude of others toward us is very important and there is too much to consider when we are tailoring our identity to people's expectations. And also, their judgment is mostly out of context, because they don't have the same interests we hold for ourselves. We are all flawed and ignorant as people, and through mistakes we learn and grow. Also, we love to judge, mostly without understanding the full story. But we can minimize the misery of relationships by distinguishing the private and the collective garden. How they both function and what expectations to place on each of them should be distinguished by the individual. The most important relationship you can ever form in your life is with yourself, not your ego, I mean the self. And that should determine the nature of other relationships. Love others the same way you love yourself. Well, the measurement is set by you, by how much you love yourself. Neglecting your own well-being is already set up for disaster because you cannot be useful to the collective if you're not useful to yourself. And I imagine you will want to be useful. Very recently, I spent a few weeks hurting and, and that was because of some stupid decisions I made. I had ignored my private garden, allowed my ego to be inflated, and the evil genius led me to acting foolish to a point where I hurt people who loved and cared for me. The neglect of my own private state of being was the reason and reversing the situation led me back to my private garden. I'm burning some shrubs and weeds to plant beautiful flowers that I'm planning to bring to a collective garden for others to enjoy. I need that. We need that to be connected to others and share the beauty of our soul that we can only uncover within the private garden. In the collective garden, everything is transactional. What you put out returns to you. And sometimes things get deregulated, but in the end, the universe finds a way to correct the wrongs. The beauty starts in your private garden. Then you share with the collective. Because the I needs the we as much as the we needs the I. Cultivate and protect your I garden. And together, let's do the same for the we garden. This could even be the formula to world peace. Plant flowers in your garden and bring them to our garden, our collective garden. Let's share the beauty of each other and not the brokenness only. Thank you again for being with me on this journey. I hope to catch you on the next chapter. Until then, hope we will reflect on this and talk next time. Baraka to you and your family. Shalom.